It doesn't work. Da! The next episode of... <laughs> Better late than never. Better late than never. There's the drum roll to introduce the next episode of the Cathode Ray podcast. Uh, I'm joined by my friend Steve Nutter, as always. And on today's episode, we have the pleasure of talking to Maciej Kobus, who is a developer out of Poland. You may know him as WebHDX, the creator of the new Pico Boot project for GameCube. If you're in the scene, you've been checking out what's happening with this. We're really happy to have Maciej here today. How you doing, mate? You having a good day? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so welcome, everybody. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's first time uh, for me to participate in the in the podcast. So I will be a little bit stressed during the, the recording. Uh, hope it's all right. Uh, yeah, and I, I had a good day at work. So uh, it's a pleasure to, to be here and uh, with you and talk to you. That's cool, man. So some, uh, about some of my you're, uh, So you're living in Katowice in Poland right now. Um... That's what you're right. Polish, that's where you come from. You're a software developer by day and a hardware developer by night as yes, such. exactly. Okay, so did you grow, did you grow up in Katowice? Uh, I grew up really close to Katowice, like 20 minutes uh, drive from Katowice in a smaller city, but I moved here uh, four years ago, I think, okay. but, because I work here, so it was more convenient. Right. Is it the sort of thing where like even now a smaller city like Katowice has those sort of good jobs and like you don't have to move to Warsaw to get like a nice job these days? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. And right now after the pandemic, I think that more companies are open for remote work. So even I uh, right now I work from um, my, my home, so uh, I'm too lazy to go to the office. Basically, <laughs> so. <laughs> so for the past two years, I've been working from home. Right? Okay, nice one. So this is a, I mean, first, I, uh, the way these, these sort of interviews go that Steve and I do, we sort of want to get to know you a little bit. So the first thing that kind of struck me was that uh, you work in software during the day, but hardware hacking is what you do after the sun goes down. Uh, what's the, what, I mean, what's your background? Were you, were you trained in like computer science? Did you study that? Or how did you get into the, what, t tell us how you kind of came to the software and hardware thing. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... I, I will start with that. I have uh, a master's degree in computer science. Uh, yes, but uh, like half of my uh, my life, I've been doing. Uh, I, I've been coding in PHP, so I was. I am doing uh, web development, and this is how I earn money, basically. Uh, yeah, but I was always interested in uh, in gaming, and by that I mean that I always liked having consoles, but I wasn't necessarily playing a lot of games. My brother, my brother was playing like a lot. <laughs> I was mostly like fascinated by the hardware, so this is why probably this is right why right now I have uh, I'm doing like a lot of hardware stuff. When you um, Marche, by the way, just to give me, I can ask you because you're a guy. How old are you? I am thirty. Years thirty old. years old. Okay, so because I'm yeah. trying to get a, a grasp on like when you were growing up, what were the consoles that are around? Like, I guess did you have the the Dendy available to you? Is that the main one when you were growing up, or is that a bit uh, earlier for you? Uh, uh, Dendy, I think it's like a, a NES clone. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, did you have that even in Poland? Because we had it here in Estonia. Uh, no, in Poland we had Pegasus, and it was like the same the same thing, but it was called Pegasus. Okay, Pegasus. with the yellow cartridges. Yes, yes, yes. Cool. Okay. I've never even heard of either yeah, of and these o things. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, I started with that, of course. I had like 
a bunch of them because they were like not the best quality, so they were breaking mm. up. Uh, yeah, but I had I had that. Uh, I think I have the the best memories. I th I think I have with uh, the first PlayStation, the PSX. Okay. It was like my childhood console, and yeah, this is the time when I was playing. Uh, I was actually playing games. So, <laughs> um, Steve, to fill you in, so the, the first of all, the Dendi was a clone of the original Famicom that was made in the Soviet Union because it's the Soviet Union. They're not just importing this stuff, right? And it's the Soviet Union, so they don't give a shit about uh, <laughs> you know, copyrights or anything like that. And um, sort of the further you go, I mean, Estonia was a little bit closer to the Soviet Union, definitely into Russia. Like every household had one of these. And the yellow, when I say to just regular people, did you play games? They're like, the yellow cartridges. <laughs> And everybody knows those when they were growing up in in such countries. So, um, yeah. Okay. So now the the first PlayStation you had, did you put a mod chip in it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was how it is. Uh, how it was uh, that during that times, especially in Poland, uh, you could buy like uh, pirated games in like computer stores. So it was very uh, accessible uh, back then. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah so. When um, was that the first mod you did, or did you do something else to like the first one? No, no. Uh, my parents actually bought us, uh, me and my brother, uh, a modded PlayStation. So uh, because I was very young back then, yeah, so yeah. I probably couldn't do it myself. I would only break the console. console but, yeah. you know. Actually, we, my friends and I, we were in university by this stage, having our first PlayStation about the year two thousand, and it was a huge thing to get a PlayStation, and we tried to mod it, and we fucked it up and we broke no. a playstation and <laughs> looked look even till today just this morning i got a comment on one of my videos telling me how shitty my soldering jobs are so nothing's <laughs> changed in the last 20 years <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah you know what I, i'm doing hardware stuff but i for example Last year, I broke two GameCube, so <laughs> it happens to me as well. I, I can imagine after the research that you've done, that's going to happen. You're going you're yeah, to yeah. break a couple of them. Yeah, I don't want to talk about how many uh, CRTs I've broken. Not anybody <laughs> else's, thankfully. <laughs> All right. But I bet you you brought a, somewhere. you've brought a few back from the dead oh, as yeah. well, having said that. So what was like the first, like your first endeavor into actually some kind of... Um, hardware either modification or like when you know when would have been like the first thing you would have picked up a soldering iron like what would have gotten you to that point mm, i think that uh one of my first memories i remember that i had it was uh, a couple years later and a few years later and i had playstation 2 and i remember that i had the slim model and there was that mod that you could add like the hard drive to it you had had to solder like forty. Oh, cables. onto the slim. That's a hard one. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was very difficult, and I remember that it was one of the first thing I tried, and obviously it didn't work. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you you yeah, ruined but... your PlayStation Two doing that. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah, that happened. Okay, and that was like when the PlayStation Two was still current. Like this is some expensive thing for you to have. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've seen that mod. I didn't want to try that one. I thought, screw it. I'll just have the fat thing sitting on the table. <laughs> yeah, all the PlayStation 2 mods, especially, mm. can be really, like, those are like artisan. Like, you got to be like an artisan craftsman uh, to really yes, be able to yes. make those look good 
and and work. Work's important. I mean, I've seen plenty of them that work that still look like terrible if you opened it up and it'd be a wire mess. It really is. Nowadays, people really take that stuff seriously and have gotten really good at it. Hmm. I mean, with PlayStation 2, we have uh, it can be soft modded. Yeah, this is, I think, uh, a better way to do do things. And I hope that more consoles uh, future could be soft modded as well. I mean, sadly, of, I will uh, maybe. Uh, I think it is not a surprise. GameCube, GameCube is my favorite console, and sadly, it can be soft modded. There are some uh, some people are trying to do it. Even lately, there was like a discussion because someone uh, thought that uh, there could be an exploit in the. In the, let's say GameCube Mini, and uh, it turned out to be not uh, possible to actually exploit that. Yeah, hmm. but we will see. Maybe in the future. So, what is it about specifically? Um, like, what what is it about the GameCube that drew you in? Was it just like one console that you got kind of early on when it was released and really got into it, or is it something that you picked up later on in life and fell in love with? Yeah, you know what? It's really interesting because I don't have like uh, because Nintendo as a company was not really popular in mm -hmm. Poland. I mean, nobody had uh, like GameCube and even we. I think there weren't weren't that many in, in Poland. And I remember that I picked uh, GameCube way after it was already finished. Uh, so, but I don't know. It's it was like a love uh, from the first sight. So I I just love it. Basically, I don't know. It's Maybe also because I started uh, tinkering with it uh, early on, and I, I, I find it like really simple uh, compared to some other consoles. So uh, probably this is why I pick it up and uh, why I still I am still doing stuff with it right now. Were you able to buy that GameCube like locally, or you bought it secondhand and got it imported to Poland later? No, no. I, I think I bought it in on like uh, in Poland on like uh, online uh, online auctions website or something like that. Oh, okay. I don't really remember, but I still have my childhood game, GameCube, so it's still there on my desk. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. There's not so many GameCubes in Estonia. Like one or two, I see occasionally pop up. Uh, Wii was more popular here. I see a few Wiis, but they're definitely holding their value. People want at least 50, 60 euros for a Wii still, and I'm like, tell him he's dreaming. There's not. There's too much for a Wii. But for some reason, they're holding their value. But GameCubes are uh, very rare in Estonia uh, Estonia here. So in N64, almost nothing sort of before that. It was, it was sort of the end of the, the 90s when no one had any money anyway. It was still Dendies, Dendies yeah. there. The uh, the GameCube was, uh, yeah, it was one of my favorite consoles. I remember getting it right when it came out. And I was actually still in college, um, too, when that happened. So I remember playing it a lot on this little CRT at the time. And the thing to me that I just loved about it was the whole idea of how Nintendo would just, the hardware of course looked really cool, right? That whole, even still the mm. aesthetics of oh, the GameCube's yeah. awesome. Right there. Yep. But that, yeah, like it's so fun to have the mini discs. <laughs> That's so cool. You guys got the orange one. I don't have that. I don't have that one here. I've got a purple and a silver one. <laughs> I'll bring you bound back from Japan yeah, next that. time I go. Just for you, Steve. <laughs> So yeah, the sorry, Steve. You were saying so when you you um, what games did you start with, Steve? When you got your GameCube in college, fresh. Yeah. You know, so up. The, I remember the, I remember specifically some of the first games that I got that I really got into would have been Pikmin. I know that sounds weird. You remember that game? 
yeah. where you yeah it's awesome yeah man. so that was that was probably the first one i really got into i used to like silly i used to like sports games like football even though i never played it or anything i just always liked those sports games especially when the graphics got a little bit better after they started i mean the playstation one didn't really have good graphics for sports games and then somehow gamecube made this transition where it was more of like the modern look uh so i played a lot of those um wrestling games good old-fashioned wrestling games they were good on there and that was more of a carryover from the n64 that was my favorite thing when i was younger was n64 wrestling games and so that carried me over i really liked the n64 so when the gamecube came out that was the one i bought as opposed to like here where you had the options of trying to get that or the other consoles that were kind of in the console war at that point what about you what what uh what specific games do you like um i mean now i like to play just about anything on it that is interesting or good but what about you uh, guys what do you like macho what do you like what, what did you start with on the gamecube let's say okay so uh, i think like my single favorite game is eternal darkness okay, okay. Do, you, do you remember yeah, that yeah. game yeah yeah it's yeah i would love to see like a uh, successor to, to eternal darkness Sadly, probably it's never going to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I I love playing uh, Monkey Ball on GameCube. Nice. It's also a really great Very good game. one. Uh, yeah, and you may laugh, but actually there is like one sports game and it's uh, Beach Spikers. It's like a volleyball mm -hmm. game. And I really like that one. I, 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 for, I don't know. It's like really, really entertaining. And uh, yeah, so I, I played it a lot. And also, I have uh, a lot of memory, memories uh, with wrestling games as well, because uh, during the PS2 era, me and my brother, we were a huge wrestling fans, and we were playing a lot of wrestling games. As awesome. Well. So you were wrestling fans in Poland. Yeah, tell us about that. Yes, I'm keen to know. know. What, like, what wrestling are we talking about? Like WWF at the time, or is it like something else? Or Okay, so uh, when I was really, really young, I remember that we there was uh, in the TV we could see WCW mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. So I have like some memories with that uh, WWF. I remember that as well. Uh, and for me personally, I uh, I was a huge fan of uh, classic TNA. The TNA, classic TNA. Yes, okay, yes, total that's yes, awesome. Yes. See, that's like so where I grew up in outside of Nashville, Tennessee is where like all the people that ran that company were from. So for example, I've talked to some people about this. Um, my wife's sister owns a dance studio for kids in the town and they do like ballet. It's from age two to 18. And every year there's an annual uh, recital and it's at the big place in Nashville. And I was at their one recital where my wife, she was teaching at the time there. And we had Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett in the stands because Jeff Jarrett's daughters took dance from the studio. And it was so funny because Kurt Angle was, his, his ex-wife married Jeff Jarrett. And so they were both there as like, <laughs> you know <laughs> splitting time with the kids at the event and it was i was just laughing with my friends i was like you would never believe we got the tna powerhouse here <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's really cool like the that that you would uh tna and that's actually still 
around. Um, it's been rebought by Billy Corgan, I think. What? I'm. Yeah, the Smashing Pumpkins guy. Yeah, he bought, yeah. and now it's called Impact. Just Impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not. Oh the no, same. it's not the I same. Mean... I've watched it. It's not. It's not. It's. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to nerd out on wrestling because it was like a, a long time ago for me. But uh, by classic TNA, I mean the times where um, there there was like Sabu in TNA. There was Raven, AJ Styles, and this kind of guys. Yeah. 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 So it was like a, a long time ago. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I, I went to one TNA how no, I went to a I went to a TNA couple TNA events. Um but the best one was the one that wasn't on TV and it was like the place that you went Lewis with your nephew. It was just a uh fairground little. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it was TNA and yeah, they had um I remember yeah, Raven was there. And uh, Sabu was not there. Abyss was there, if you remember that guy. He was like yeah, a huge course. version of Mankind with like a mask or something. Uh, but yeah, that was those those shows were so fun uh, to look back on. And it's kind of like now it's it's not. Yeah, it's not as the same. It's almost just like you're watching it to try to catch some edge of nostalgia from when you were younger and yeah. feel that way again. Yeah, it's okay, Macha. The the wrestling yeah. is a common topic on this podcast. So you don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. All the time we're talking about wrestling. Don't, I'm not yeah, even that much into it, it, like a little bit, but not as much as Steve's our ambassador. Okay. I actually was out of it for a long Ooh. time because it just got on my nerves after I got a little bit older. And uh, I've only been watching more recently in the AEW stuff because a client of mine kind of got me into it. So... Uh, normally I would just talk about it like you with just reminiscent memories, but I actually have been watching some more lately, but let's not talk about that. Let's get back. Sure, to let's that. go back uh, to the GameCube. Yeah. Stuff. So we want to, I wanted to, the next thing with the, the GameCube, I think is like you, what, how did you start poking around and prodding around inside of a GameCube? What, I mean, you tried the PS2, this didn't go so well. And now you're like, yeah. I've got one GameCube. I'm going to do better at this one. Yeah, so I think I obviously started by installing a mod chip in, in, in it. Uh, and back then, I, I think it was Xeno GC, mm-hmm. so probably the, the most uh, popular one. Uh, then I remember that I uh, replaced that with Viper GC. So it was uh, actually, it was uh, Viper GC is like a very old uh, chip, but it was it, it's working the same as Pico Boot, so it, it shares the same approach. Uh, yeah, so probably uh, this is how I started with GameCube. Okay. So doing the some Vipers are you must have done that a while ago because the Viper GC is hard to find uh, for yeah, for a long I, time. I now. have one here. So, oh right, on. yeah, yeah, I have one here. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I've never seen that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think you've been able to buy them like easily for years and years now. Yeah. Yeah, with GameCube, uh, there was uh, like th- that time. Uh, Mm, when we had like like Viper Cube and some other mod chips, uh, they were like they were called, called yeah, uh, replacement mod chips. Uh, so they work uh, different from from the Xeno GC. Uh, and then the companies, uh, I think, they stopped stopped the business, and uh, you couldn't, uh, you know, we were no longer able to to buy the, the, those mod chips, and we were left with only Xeno. Uh, and this is why I was really uh, upset about the whole situation, and this is how Picoboot came to life. So okay. it was out of this leaving from the Viper chip being unavailable that you kind of drove you into the position of trying to come up with your own solution. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Great. Yes. 
So the okay, so there, as I understand, tell me if I've got the terminology correct. The Viper is a, and your Pico Boots an IPL solution. It's not a not the drive solution like the the Geno the the Zeno GC is. Sorry. Right. So if I understand correctly, the IPL like the essentially the brains or the, the main code is either open source or it's already been discovered or something like that. What's up with that actual core code? Uh, I mean, IPL, it stands for Initial Prog Program Loader, and this is how we called the GameCube menu. So that's mm -hmm. that. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think there was one open source IPL mod chip available. It was called um, Shuriken Attack. Uh, I think it was done by a guy from UK. Uh, I actually talked talk, 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 talk to him because I started actually my research with his open source code and I was uh, checking how it works and learning that way. Uh, yeah, and I, I can say uh, that PicoBoot is basically based on his approach. So uh, I also put his name in the, in, the, in the repository because he helped me a lot actually. Sure. Okay. Do you, um, do you basically solder on to the same points as the Viper did or is there some difference yes. between okay basically it hmm? yeah more, more or less yes okay um yeah it's i i did this uh, installation myself uh, a few days ago um besides my crappy soldering it went fine um the i was trying, I'm trying to think go uh, for me to solder onto the fine points of the chip the the two wires that need to go onto the actual chip that was a little tricky, but okay, I could you know handle it. So if I can handle it, hopefully most people who own a soldering iron can handle it with a little bit of patience. Uh, I always find it hard to put the wires the correct length. I'm I'm not good at sort of doing that part and kind of routing it around. Um, so I guess take me through. I guess just walk us through a bit about. Tell us about. I'm okay. You, you're getting this guy, the the you your 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 the the guy from the UK. He had the code. You work with him, and you start poking around, and you start. I don't know. Tell us a little bit about that process for you. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I because I had uh, at that. I mean, I started development of PicoBoot like a year ago, I think. Uh, yeah, and I basically what I wanted to do, I I want to take this guy, uh, I, I think this guy is called Steven, so maybe I can uh, go by his name. <laughs> so Steven uh, shared his uh, code open source, it is, it is av available on his website. So I took that and I, what I really wanted to do is like make a PCB for that and just use it. But then I realized that uh, with his approach you have to uh, lift a leg on that chip that, that you have to solder the wires and uh, by lifting that leg, I personally broke two consoles that way. So it was uh, not going to work for I think majority of uh, of people, and then I started thinking, mm, okay, mm, I mean it's cool because it it worked, but it's difficult to install, and nobody will even use my PCB because uh, and I don't want to like take responsibility for for broken consoles. So I was thinking maybe I can improve that some some in some way. Yeah, so. So basically, I took his code. I improved improved it so you don't you no longer have to leave that leg on the, on the on the chip, and it was already good. I I, I felt I felt like it's okay. I can share share, share the design and uh, make it open source as well, and that would be great. But then uh, uh, then I uh, then um, Raspberry Pi Pico came out, and I remember that uh, I, because uh, Raspberry Pi Pico has like one single feature that is really interesting. 
I mean, it separates it from any other uh, microcontroller. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I was thinking there is a slim chance that with this single feature, uh, I can basically implement the mod chip on the on the Raspberry Pi Pico. Mm. What's the what is yeah, this feature then? Uh, it's called PIO, programma, pro, pro, programmable input output, and uh, mm, it's not really meant to do stuff I I do I'm doing with uh, Pico Boot, but uh, you can somewhat do some stuff that is really only possible with FPGAs, but. It's like really light FPGA, FPGA stuff, not not like a lot, but sure. some stuff can be do, do on, uh, done on uh, Raspberry Pi Pico. Mm. And it was like, mm, because with this IPL replacement approach, it's not really possible with some like Arduino and ESP32s and, and so on. So it's you couldn't do that with these uh, microcontrollers. But with that single uh, Raspberry Pi Pico feature, it's possible. And I... And instantly I was like, okay, so there is a challenge, I will do it. And uh, one year later, I mean, we have uh, a mod chip. So <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, cool. I mean, uh, for me, it was just a challenge. Uh, I wanted something uh, to install in my consoles because I have like, I think more than 10 GameCubes at the moment. So <laughs> I wanted to have mod chips for them. And uh, I mean, there is also another aspect to, to the whole situation because the GameCube scene, if you look at it right now, it's not like that active as, for example, the Nintendo 64 scene or PS2 scene or Dreamcast scene. So I was always, because I have like a big love for GameCube, I was always uh, hoping that maybe someday people will uh, will be more interested in, in GameCube and programming for that, doing homebrew stuff. So. Um, so I, I knew that if I can make the mod chip that is like really accessible and it doesn't uh, use any custom hardware, I don't have to sell like custom PCBs, mm. and you don't, for example, have to do it yourself. So you don't have to assemble the, the board yourself, and it will be really cheap because Raspberry Pi Pico is only four dollars. So it's like it can't be cheaper than that, basically. And I, I thought that it will be actually like a cool thing for this whole scene because uh, more people will be interested in GameCubes and maybe we'll see more. Uh, Homebrew developers that way. I don't know. I, I hope that uh, it will happen uh, with PicoBoot. Yeah, I'd just like to commend you on that approach. It's great to have, because um, a lot of times you could have just said, okay, well, we've got an idea. It's worked. The pin lifting is challenging, and we'll just go with it. And then, like you say, then you're stuck talking to people a lot about the specific board you've designed, and um, you've really gone a, a, out of your way to make it more everything like it's more affordable i'm sure it costs less than trying to sit there and design the board and then build it out at just four dollars yeah of course and then to be able to it's accessible way more accessible for everybody i think that's that's the biggest thing is this from what i could tell after your mod came out and all the you know scene accepted it and there's just so much you know bigger channels on youtube talking about it the gamecube's back with the refresher and it was, and now I see all these other things too coming from that. Other people's uh, adding to it, like even the 3D print designs that people are adding to be able to, like Greg from Laser Bear had some, uh, okay. just an install thing to put the Pico in. And so I do think that the way you did this will help the whole scene. And I, I got to say, yeah, commend you. Thank you for that. Because again, the idea of being able to put it on something so accessible, even in the parts, fiasco whatever now 
a raspberry, you know, that that part is much easier uh, and accessible for everybody in the world as opposed to a custom mod chip that you have to build and buy. Yeah, yeah, thank you. This is exactly what I wanted to achieve with PicoBoot, and uh, I think it checks all the boxes, at least uh, what I intended it to do. So it's like really accessible, it's really cheap, easy to install, and easy to program because that's also a, a feature to it. And, yeah. and I know that a lot of people in the scene have really appreciated that. And we kind of like talked just briefly about this because um, since you did all that work, I don't think people realize, you know, some other people might come out with a product and then like, you know, sell that product and then try to recoup some of the invested time and, and also by selling that product, but you didn't even go on that approach uh, so that, other people could just do it on their own and, and easily get these parts. And again, it's just a small little bit of solder work. Uh, but then people wanted to come and support you in some way and help you out and pay you back. But um, surprisingly, I was kind of surprised how quickly this happened. There started showing up. Uh, you had mentioned like fake ghost accounts that were like leading people to improper places to basically, you know, support you in some way of either like buy a coffee like people have set on their githubs and things like that um what what like what was i don't know what was that like when i mean it's got to be frustrating and disappointing i'm sure but did you like what happened how did you find that did somebody send you that or did like somebody say i sent you some money and you didn't say thank you or something yeah tell us about it yeah 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 so i will start uh, with that um I'm not really uh, uh, mad that people are trying to right now profit from the from the if they want to sell a, like a commercial product like maybe they will create a new pico board board and sell it. I, I'm fine with that ser uh, seriously. Uh, yeah, but of course I am accepting donations and uh, this is uh, because I need money to basically uh, create new products, uh, new projects, and uh, develop new stuff. Uh, yeah, so yeah, exactly that happened. So uh, I put a PayPal link. Uh, someone asked me on Twitter about uh, how they can use PayPal to send me the money. So I, I sent them a PayPal link and um, I think uh, a day later, later they told me that, oh, there is like a, a fake account that is, is trying to impersonate you. Uh, I wasn't aware of that because uh, that account blocked me. So I couldn't see uh, their uh, tweets. This is why I they didn't uh, pick it pick it up uh, instantly, and uh, I think two people sent money, but uh, I think it wasn't like a lot, so they're fine, uh, okay with that, and uh, yeah, and I think that account is actually uh, blocked right now. So well, that's good. That's okay, because I've been yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, unfortunate the way the world is that sometimes stuff like that happens. So then let's yeah. talk about then the uh, the sellers, these uh, sellers on AliExpress. And you talked about that and we wanted to be clear and, and have this opportunity so you can explain exactly your thoughts and exactly how you feel. So there are sellers on AliExpress, they sell you a, a, a Pico, whether it's a real one or not, we're not sure, the wires, the, the whole thing to do. So what was your feelings about that? Okay, uh, okay, because I started small drama on Twitter uh, about that thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, this is not what I intended. Basically, uh, yeah, they started studying uh, the full kits, so you can install PicoBoot. You will have like uh, thermal pads, uh, some cables, uh, shrink wrap, and so on. So yeah, it's really convenient. I, I, I got to say that it's really convenient. 
yeah but um, the, the thing that uh, and uh, because the mochip is open source it's under gpl license you can do that they they, they are fully uh, allowed to do that they can sell it and uh, as long as uh, i don't think they are like selling the firmware so it's all okay because they're only selling hardware that i didn't create so that, that's that's fine but the issue i had with them is that they put uh, installation diagram in the diagram in the listing in the auction and uh, i mean it would be okay if they just put it and didn't uh, didn't modify it in any way but for some reason they removed the logo and try to hide the thing that it's open source i don't know why because like is that a problem for them i don't know and uh, this is why uh, i was a little upset uh, upset about that uh, but i uh, uh, i messaged the seller and they took it down so at least that's okay uh, and as i said i am fully okay with that uh, they are selling uh, these kids because uh, even people from the community are right now as you said steve uh, they are creating like 3d printed stuff and they they will eventually start uh, selling them so i i think that's that's great yeah that's fair enough um as well and it's good to to be clear about that and you asked you kind of posed philosophically the question why would they do that the best answer i have is just because that's sort of like the default mode for them uh, for those sort but of companies, why? you know, even <laughs> right. though actually well. if they just put the picture, it would have been fine. But default mode is wipe clean, do this, da, da, da. I don't know. I, I guess. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a shame because I mean, like you get, you did, I mean, I, you said you were a development for a year on this project. I don't know how many hours you could have possibly put into this. I don't know if, <laughs> if you have it. I, I mean, you know, I'm sure you have an idea, but just the fact that, um, just following the license and leaving that on there so people know where the design came from is mm. kind of essential, I think, too. And uh, it's uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be polite enough to offer it to people to open source and have them you know, be able to sell it, it's like you say, that's not the problem. It's it's when they get in and either alter alter the diagram from basic but you said they just basically removed all your information on it and used the same yes. thing right hmm. yes yes i mean for the diagram i had to like take photos of, of the gamecube motherboards so i put a lot of work in, into it actually and I, I i would have been fine if they just put it but do not remove the logo and so on so i am not sure why they did yeah. that but I'm, it's removed now, so, so I, I, I did they, so they just remove the whole, they just the whole removed listing. the whole listing instead of uh, no no they removed the diagram the list the listings oh, are, are there so they just they removed the, removed the di they don't they instead of mm -hmm. going back and putting the diagram in its original right <laughs> form they're like oh well we'll just yes. take the diagram down see they have yes. I think they have a problem with letting other people get credit for anything or something it's like no we yes I mean so yeah because. Um, yeah, um, there's also another issue with that because the same people are selling like cloned product. They sell mm. there is, they sell cloned uh, GC loader. They they say they sell cloned GD Emu for Dreamcast. So even though they are not stealing from me, they are stealing from somebody else. So this is why I don't like these people. Basically, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah uh, sure. They are stealing from my friends, basically. Well, sure, they're all right. our friends. They're stealing from everybody yes. in the community. I mean, we have so, a community of people like you working hard, and yeah, they come yeah, in and undercut course. us and yeah so i don't like that basically this is why i was initially upset on twitter because i noticed that maybe they can sell the kids but 
I know that these people are, are really shady, so... That's fair enough. And it's like, I mean, how to say, could I just not be associated with you at all? You can do it. All yeah, right, fine, yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah. but just please take my take my thing right off, right on. That that makes sense because you never know, right? Someone's just looking at the listing. They see WebHDX. They're like, oh, oh, WebHDX. Oh, maybe maybe Bitfunks is okay. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, another thing because uh, with diagrams, uh, I think I uh, because the Pico boot is like. Uh, it's really popular right now, but people should be aware that it's like very experimental at the moment. And uh, especially right now, uh, while we have uh, like Pico W, which was re released actually the same day, uh, date as uh, Pico Boot. Mm -hmm. uh, Pico, Pico W is uh, like a Raspberry Pi Pico, but with Wi-Fi module. Uh, so I plan to obviously I plan to switch to Pico W and use some Wi-Fi features uh, in, in the mod chip. Uh, and uh, for that, I will have to also um, change the wiring a little bit. This is why I don't want anyone to post the diagrams, mm -hmm. but rather uh, route people to the repository where I know that the diagrams will be, will be up to date. Okay, so point. that's interesting. So, um, yeah. yeah, so so many people, I mean, as soon as, uh, it was hard for people to like, uh, not hard, sorry, but like so interesting that the Pico book comes out on the same day as the Pico W, and it's just yeah. madness <laughs> upon madness for everyone getting so enthusiastic for the first time. The GameCube's come in ages. So what uh, what do you see in the future that could be done with the Pico W? Uh, okay, I will try to not get really technical uh, because uh, the approach I am using right now is uh, really simple and naive. And I want to basically redo the whole thing and do it much better mm. because uh back then I, I was thinking it's not possible to make it better uh but uh, i now i more uh i i i think that i can improve it uh so that uh, it should be possible to like fully communicate with the mod chip and for example mm, because you know if you have like a wi-fi chip on the, on it why can't we for example expose that wi-fi capabilities to gamecube so you can for example I don't know. Uh, in in your homebrew, you can you you would be able to use that Wi-Fi chip to communicate with the with the internet, right? Mm. So uh, in order to do that, I have to like change the approach with, with Pico Boot, and uh, I want to do that. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, I think uh, the single biggest feature that I think that should be possible uh, is providing the possibility to auto update via via Wi-Fi, and I think it. It would be actually actually really cool uh, to do that. Mm. Yeah, and as I said, because uh, a lot of people are asking about uh, the possibility to, for example, emulate the broadband broadband adapter mm. uh, with uh, Wi-Fi module. I can say it will be possible, but I think uh, because I am not even sure how fast it will be, but uh, I think that at least I can uh, expose that Wi-Fi chip to the to the homebrew developers. So I think that would be actually really cool, at least for me, because I have some plans for it as well. That's a great point that uh, that, that that this reinvigoration I call it this love letter to the GameCube community that mm -hmm. you've created uh, is going to spark so many other people. People are going to have ideas. Uh, to be able to take it in their own directions. Um, yeah, I'm one of the fortunate ones to have a broadband adapter. Do you have one of them? I have two of them, okay. yes. <laughs> of course. Nice. Um, none yeah, for and me. I, and, and I, <laughs> what? No, yeah. None, no, no, none for me. I don't have one. 
They're too expensive uh, over here. In the right. US. I, I picked one up again, like most things in Japan somewhere, but I still paid a reasonable amount for it. Well, 50 bucks maybe, but. I have a life hack for that. If you want a cheap broadband adapter, uh, because in Poland, uh, not many people probably know what is what is it. And uh, if you see like a broadband 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 adapter on the internet, it will be expensive. But what I uh, what I've done with uh, my broadband adapters, I was looking for like a bundle. So I knew that it's attached to the console. The seller didn't know it, it's even there. So I was quickly like buying the console, selling the console and games and uh, the adapter. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice, yeah, nice. So. Because I also saw, I don't know if it's common, but I saw one uh, seller from the UK. I think they're making custom Raspberry Pi style boards. And it was a Pico that had an oh. Ethernet plug built into it. And that, I don't know if that's a standard one. Maybe that's something they built because that would... Uh, get around the um, the latency issues or, or something like that. But I've never seen that kind of Pico anywhere else. Is that a custom thing? Have you seen anything like that? Uh, I mean, it's a, I think some third party companies did mm. that. And of, obviously you can uh, buy, buy that, you are right. Uh, but uh, mm, for me, it's not really interesting because uh, mm, I would like to focus on using official hardware okay. because I, I know that if I use Pico board, it will be available for many years uh, ahead. So this is why I would like to... This I also get a lot of questions uh, from people about if they can use, for example, uh, another uh, Pico board, like um, from Adafruit or something. And I am always saying no, because I, do, I don't want to support that, because there are like hundreds of the boards with Raspberry Pi, uh, with RP2040 microprocessor. Mm -hmm. And I can't support everything. I, I, I have limited time. I would like to spend uh, focus on making new stuff than uh, supporting Picaboot. Because for the past two weeks, I am doing nothing uh, except answering uh, <laughs> messages, questions, and resolving issues. So yeah, I need to focus on actually developing stuff right now. That makes sense. So I was very... Sorry, go ahead, Sue. Oh, I was just going to say, are there any of those questions that you want to like stay, say here? <laughs> like if you're getting like the same question 10 times or anything, are they the same or they just tend to be different things? Like somebody having some issue with something else, little different things, or is it something more common uh, from the bunch of questions in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so I think that uh, there are some questions that are really frequent and uh, probably the most asked question is, uh, dude, there is a Pico W board, can I use it? <laughs> and my answer is, technically it will work, work. you can use a firmware file and it will uh, work, but obviously you will don't have like the Wi-Fi capabilities. Mm. But I haven't tried it yet. I, 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 I have Pico W boards, uh, I ordered them, but I haven't uh, had time to basically play with them. Mm -hmm. So that's one common question. Uh, yeah, and there are some people who are having trouble installing the, the mod chip. And uh, for example, mm, I noticed that uh, PicoBoot is really picky about the wire length. Hmm. So it's if the wires are, are too long, uh, you will uh, encounter like no uh, no picture or black screen or uh, blue screen. I don't know. It depends on your TV. Uh, so, like my answer, I can answer it right now. Shorten your cables because this is what helps like uh, everyone basically. So you have to keep the cables really short. And I would I would also I would also like people to mm, do not complicate things and do not try to invent like alternate alternative methods to install the mod chip. Use exactly the uh, soldering points uh, I put in the diagram because 
I know that this way it was tested by me and it will work. So don't try to like improve something that is already, I think, really easy to, to, to do. That makes sense. <laughs> or if they do, awesome. let them do that on their own time and not bother you about their changes yeah. they're yeah. trying to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, because people are not really thinking about that. Because if they, for example, release something or they uh, they post something on Twitter uh, regarding Pico Boot, mm. then many people obviously will try to do the same thing. And then they don't realize that if someone has problem with that alternative uh, install method, then they will ask me for help, not them. <laughs> yeah. And I have to spend my time uh, fixing stuff for them. And this is why I I would like the community to be fully aware that uh, I know that Picoboot is like a really hot topic right now, but we should be like uh, fully aware of that, that um, it's not always the best to like uh, put everything on Twitter and, uh, and try to improve things because uh, yeah, I know what I am doing and I would like to like give people the best experience and uh, like assure them that they won't break the, their consoles. And with some stuff people are inventing on Twitter, it's not always uh, possible. So, mm. yeah, be careful. Well, it's just very... a... <laughs> Sorry, man, here you Sorry, go this guy. time. All right, all right. I would also say, uh, Marche, is I was impressed. There seemed to be, you, you see, when you were, when the Pico Boot was ready to go and you were ready to release, there seemed to be some coordination. You had it and you were like, yo, I'm keeping it under wraps for a week or a few weeks. Uh, and then you, you seem to have the communication with a few key modders, especially like Tito from Macho Nacho, uh, to get some really great videos out. Tell us about that, the way you kind of coordinated that release, because I was really impressed by the way, and I think that's definitely helped its adoption in the community. What was your thinking there? Yes, so obviously I know how the business works, and I knew that uh, if I want this uh, open source project to be successful, I need like uh, to hit some of the channels and they need to cover the topic. And uh, because I don't uh, have like a community, my Twitter was, was the time it was released, I don't know, I had like five, 500 followers, so <laughs> it didn't feel right to do the announcement on Twitter. Uh, and the story with Macho Nacho, with Tito, is that uh, I was actually working with him on another video, on something different, on uh, Wii Mini Mods. Uh, and then I uh, told him about the mod chip I am working. And I think that initially he like wasn't exactly, uh, he didn't, because he already had a schedule and he was planning to do some other videos. But then when I, a week before, uh, I think, the release, I started teasing uh, the mod chip on my Twitter. And then I think a lot of people actually went to him and, dude, have you seen that mod chip? It's going to be huge. And then he contacted me and uh, and said said that uh, he wants to do the video right now on the mod chip. So uh, I actually uh, the mod chip was uh, uh, ready uh, a few days before the release, but I wanted uh, to wait a little bit for him to make the video. And uh, to give credit, uh, Macho uh, Tito is not the only person that made the video uh, mm. on the release date. Mm. Because uh, there was also a video from Rocker Gaming. I love the guy. He, I, I think he creates uh, great content, especially on GameCube. And uh, I also sent it in advance to Mods Video USA. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Modzilla USA. I heard that one. What, who was the, the guy before? I mean, who was the middle I mean, guy? Sorry that you said that you really. Uh, Rocker Gaming. Rocker Gaming. Rocker. Yeah. Okay. Rocker Gaming. Yeah. Cool. Right. Modsville's the guy with the balaclava, right? Who does the crazy thing and the... Yes. Yeah, he's crazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he does... Uh, 
<laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, I love I love his content, so yeah, I, I had no problem sharing the mochi with, with him. Cool. And of course, I also needed some uh, testers. Uh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Is I wanted to give it to people that I know that will be able to test it fully. So, yeah. Nice. So this is how how it went. I, I actually uh, with uh, because uh, obviously the uh, Macho Nacho's video video is successful. I think it was actually a, a really good idea to to give uh, to make it with him. Yeah. Mm. Well, I saw even bigger channels a couple days after that start to feature it too. I, th- I swear I thought somebody like Spawn Wave Spawn or somebody. Spawn Wave picked it up, yeah. And that's, yes. that's yeah. a big channel. I wasn't channel. expecting that, yes. Yeah. Because uh, I am uh, like a huge fan of his channel as well. <laughs> I, 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 I'm watching like every, every guy in the community. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah, he didn't contact me or anything, but it was like really surprising. And yeah, I... So is that like a fun, cool moment for you even just to be like, holy yeah, crap, yeah, man, course. my work is featured on... Yes, yes, because... You know, I I, I think this, uh, this this channel is like every day, so uh, I'm uh, subscribing to them and uh, I like gen- genuinely I like they, their content. So if people like uh, Spawnwave uh, want to cover my project, it's like, dude, it's like the <laughs> awesome feeling, right? Yeah, it's great, man. It's real nice. Um, is there? I was gonna say. I mean, you've got. Uh, I know the time's kind of ticking over, and you got other projects that I kind of wanted to. Other things that you've done as well. Um, is there anything else? Have we not covered on the Pico boot, or or something else that we should? No, no. I think that's uh, pretty much everything. I mean, people should uh, expect uh, some updates in the future, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am not like it's not like a finish and done. So it will be improved in the future. Nice. So I mean the you've got some the two other cool things the the M2 loader and the Wavebird receiver the things that I was the most interested in I mean I guess I don't know let's start with the M2 loader um, tell us about this project and okay you got a little sample for us there where it's at right now yeah I can show you the prototype oh, uh, dang. Uh, okay yeah, I will try to focus my camera uh, yeah okay, yeah so go. yeah basically as you can probably guess by the form factor. It's attached to the uh, same port as uh, broadband adapter, uh, and what is it? What is, is it? Is basically a M.2 SSD adapter for GameCube. So, uh, in simple words, you can basically play games of the of the SSD. Mm, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Okay, <laughs> so the question no, is then, much. just to so people can understand, how is that different to playing it off the SD2 SP thingy and the other port? Uh, yeah, okay, uh, because uh, SD, SD2 SP2 uh, adapter is like really simple, mm-hmm. there are no, no like, uh, there is no like uh, nothing advanced to it. This is just like a simple one-to-one adapter and uh, it's limited because uh, mm, yeah, the SD cards use that protocol called SPI. This is how we can uh, use them on GameCube. Uh, GameCube has the data bus that is really similar to SPI, but it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this uh, creates some issues because uh, in order to provide, because right now uh, we are not like utilizing the full bandwidth of that bus. So in theory, we could uh, make the uh, uh, SD cards uh, work faster on GameCubes. Uh, and of course, if you if you ever use that uh, SD2, SP2 adapter, then you will notice that in some games there is some stutter in uh, full motion videos, uh, sure. maybe some are some incompat- incompatibility issues and so on. Mm. Yeah, and uh, with that M.2 adapter, we can basically uh, overcome some of the, those issues, and uh, it's um, 
I haven't uh, haven't experienced any stutter in any game. So like the compatibility right now is great, but I don't want to like take credit for that because uh, the, it it all comes from uh, the that application Swiss that is like the main homebrew application for for GameCube mm. and. Uh, Basically, the support for the, for this device. I only created the hardware, so let's let's say it first. Uh, and uh, the whole like software for it and the support uh, in Swiss uh, was made by the Canadian guy Extrems. I, I, I really like this guy because he's like maybe maybe not even many people know about him, but he's like doing all the crazy stuff with GameCubes and yeah. Yeah, I, he's been doing that for a long time. Extrems, mm-hmm. right? Hmm. I will say that he's he has a he has a problem, and if you like want to. Co- uh, like support anything, please support him because he fully de- fully deserves. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. So why the the M two? Is it the form factor, the speed? I mean, we know that the <coughs> SSD is way overkill for such a port. What's yes. the what's with the why the M two then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so a little backstory on this thing uh, because. Uh, Mm, back in the day, there was like open source project for GameCube that allowed you to uh, connect uh, ID hard drive uh, to, to, to the console. Mm. Uh, it was called ID EXI, and uh, it was uh, a lot of people I think never heard about that. Uh, it was like a niche thing. Uh, wait, I have. I think I've somewhere. only heard of it because it was one of the options in Swiss. Yes, I, I have it because uh, it was uh, connected to the memory card port and. There you connect like the uh, the ribbon and you connect back to the to the um, hard drive. Uh-huh. And basically, I will uh, reveal all the secret to M.2 loader. This is like IDEXI in essence because uh, I am using the same hardware as IDEXI. Like it's fully compatible, but I added uh, I've added uh, the um, ID to SATA bridge, so you can create uh, you can because. Okay, uh, there are a lot of questions about the M.2 SSD. It's not like the fancy NVMe SSDs that are crazy fast and you can you probably have that uh, one in your computer. This is like mm, the same form factor, but is it uses a SATA interface. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, slightly, slightly older thing, but uh, I mean, it's still like readily a- available. I-, I think the M.2 SATA SSDs are still uh, like being, uh, being made. So there's like no risk of they they, they they become unavailable yeah okay that's a good point i think i didn't quite actually understand until this moment the difference between m2 and the nve new ones now you say that that clicks in my yeah this brain. is the same form factor but uh, they use different uh, basically interface so, uh, i mean aren't uh, those should, those once you have the m2s those cost less too right i mean yes m2 seta drives are cheaper yes 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 of course of course uh yes and that's it uh Mm, the huge, huge advantage of, of that uh, thing is that mm, M.2 SSDs, uh, if you want to have like one terabyte or higher capacities, they are much cheaper than uh, SD cards because one terabyte SD card is like really expensive. I don't, yeah, there are probably some of them on the market, but they're very expensive. And uh, like I have, I, 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 I have like uh, 500 uh, gigabytes uh, SSD somewhere because I have a lot of them actually. Uh, yeah, I and I it was I buy, I bought it used and it was like really really cheap. So I don't know. I paid like forty bucks for the for the SSD, and yeah, with that you have like high capacity, good uh, game compatibility, and there are no like slowdowns and and stutter. So yeah, I I think it it, it works great. It 
it's based upon the open source project, another open source project. Uh, yeah, and that's that's basically it with M.2 Loader. I think uh, because uh, we can't uh, talk about M.2 Loader without mentioning GC Loader, that ODE for the GameCube, mm -hmm. because uh, people are having a problem right now because uh, it's unavailable. I know that uh, uh, because it uses FPGA chips and FPGAs are really difficult to, to buy right now. So uh, yeah, so that's the the problem for for them. That's the same problem for me because this thing is pretty much done, and I can't manufacture it because I can't buy parts. That's mm. that's the reality we're living in right now. So uh, that was going to be my next question. What is the the status of this? Well, okay, let's put it in a different direction. What's the status, and what do you hope to do with this project? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just uh, because uh, I I briefly mentioned the GC loader. I I have, I have it here. I, yeah, I bought I it, so I, I use it so, sometimes. But uh, I don't like the fact with any ODE that you get rid, get rid of the original disk uh, drive. So for me, it's because I have a huge GameCube library. Uh, so I, I like to play from time to time. I like to put the disk in the in the console and play that way. Mm. So I was feeling that. Uh, uh, I can do it, and uh, I can save my disk drive, and I, I I knew that it will like have a very similar compatibility and um, will be also cheaper to make. So, like I think that's uh, okay. And you intend to make them and sell them? Yes. Uh, so unlike the Pico boot, it won't be open source. I will open source the software for it because I I, I am required to do that uh, because as I, as I, as I said, it's using uh, open source project. Uh, yeah, but I am going to sell uh, sell this, but uh, I can I, I don't know when because as I said I can't buy parts right now. It's okay. really unfortunate time. Will you still need a Pico Boot to to get the system going? Yes, uh, and like Pico Boot was one of the puzzles to the to the M.2 loader project because uh, unlike the GC loader, which is like the full disk drive emulator. emulator it, you won't be able to boot the console from from M.2 loader, so you need some way to run Swiss in order to use it, mm. and this is why I also really wanted to release Pico Boot as open source project, so people can like get it cheaply and and uh, don't pay for it, uh, and then I will I, I I know that they will be ready to to buy this and use it. So that nice. was, what like, a businessman! Look at this guy. He's yeah, all like, over. No, 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 no. <laughs> so wait, you're gonna no, in a good way, in a good way. So, go so you get sorry, him with yeah. this one and then. This, but this next piece, your your intention for this one loader uh, uh, accessory, whenever hopefully it's ready and you can sell it, is to have it basically be something you can just almost plug right in, right? Or is it going to be something that needs more uh, soldering or anything? No, with M.2 loader, you just plug it in. Uh, maybe I can demo that. Yeah. I have a GameCube here. And it's just uh, because uh, here is the slot that you would normally put the broadband adapter, that uh, Ethernet uh, thing, and it just connects. Uh, Dang! Like this. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really sweet because it's it's not visible. It's very stealthy, and uh, you don't have to like modify the the shell and or anything. It's uh, it's mm. it's almost plug and play, but obviously you need uh, some way to run Swiss. So either it's like a game exploit or Pico boot. You will have you. You need something to to, to be able to boot Swiss. Yeah, I really that's like so that. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Good. What good are you stuff there. doing? Uh, are, are you thinking? Okay, the the manufacturing is tough right now from the parts. That's what you've said. Are you also? What are your thoughts or what are you thinking about uh, these guys on AliExpress who clone everything apparently in minus ten minutes? What are your feelings? 
about this? I mean, yeah, that's the single reason why this thing won't be open source. Because if I could, I, I would be assured that I can make it open source and I could still make some money on it because mm -hmm. I spent a lot on this proje project already. So I would at least would like to recoup some of the costs. Uh, then I would make it open source. But I know that one, once it's open source, probably a week later, it will be all over AliExpress. And I don't want to do that because I also has, have a family. I have to provide food to them. And uh, yeah, I need to make money, money some way. And uh, I mean, maybe in the future I will make it open source. I don't know. But uh, for, the, for the release, I, I think that I need to, Mm, I want to make it available for me, so I will be selling uh, M.2 Loader, yes. Sure, and I, I think that, that bit makes sense, but what I my observation is that you don't have to make it open source for them to clone it. That the GC Loader, I think you can get a clone. Like, is there anything you can do in the hardware design, or is there anything you can do to make it harder for them? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe some some kind of copy protection is possible i this is how the gc loader works it's uh, it has like copy protection mechanism so all the gc loaders that you can buy on aliexpress are not fully working i'm, I'm not sure if you are aware of that no i didn't know uh, that actually no, I've no never it's, it's kind of pathetic well. because yeah it's kind of pathetic because what they are doing it's uh, i think uh, if you buy it it will uh, boot swiss and then it shuts off and uh, uh, so you you can boot Swiss and they will supply you with the SD2 SP2 adapter. So they tell you that okay you are in Swiss so you should play games from the SD2 SP2 adapter and that's not the same thing, right? Because yeah. uh, it's like has lower compatibility, the slowdowns and so on. So uh, yeah, so I think that was actually a good thing because the uh, the creator of GC Loader implemented the copy protection to it. And maybe I will do the same for the for the M.2 loader. It will be it will be kind of, kind of difficult that one actually, but for example, with the weight with receiver, we will be talking about in a moment. Mm. I think that it will be fully protected from, from copying. Okay, I got one question about the um, the product. Have you, is this, will this be like the first, the first product you've made that you're trying to sell like on a, on a um, level like that? Uh, I think I mentioned that I am working on some uh, Wii Mini mods as well, and okay. uh, uh, and really soon I will start selling some uh, mod uh, some kits for Wii Mini because uh, I will talk about that uh, briefly. I created like because you know the sure. Wii Mini that the, the design of the yeah 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 uh, I love that one that's like my second favorite console and <laughs> uh, what I've been doing with that one I actually put like because re Nintendo removed uh, the SD card from it they removed the Wi-Fi module. They removed the reset button and they removed the component output from 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 the from this thing, and what I was doing uh, and of course the GameCube ports, and what I was doing with that console is basically bringing back all the stuff they they, they removed, and uh, my next project that I will be actually selling is the uh, easy to install kit that will bring back the SD card and reset button to to the console, and this like mm, really easy to install. It has like the quick solder board and uh, they, 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 because you have to mm, drill some uh, holes in the case, but I have the like, drill guides, so it's like really easy, easy to do. Uh, yeah, and this is, uh, I can uh, reveal the secret. It will be also uh, like released with the video from Macho. So, uh, okay. From Macho Nacho. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so that uh, will be your first like yeah, product yeah, yeah, that exactly. you're selling. Okay, cool. Yes, yes. So, so that how has be that my first product. been for you? I mean, to make it's not easy to to not only got to design it, but then that's a whole other thing that you need to get it made, 
order it, fill orders, have customer support, the whole ship orders. How's that going for you? What are your thoughts? I mean, uh, so far I haven't been selling anything, so I don't like experience that, but uh, I am fully aware that it will happen. Uh, mm, yeah, my, my brother is writing uh, self-published books and he's selling them, so I know how, okay. it, it, how what, what should I expect. Uh, yeah, but um, I, I have like uh, everything set up because uh, I will be selling it on uh, Tindy, so that's like the platform for the for the like creators. I will I will use that. Uh, yeah, and I think the, because obviously I have to manufacture the boards and assemble them, so obviously I won't do that myself because that would be a lot of work and I I don't have time for that. Uh, I contacted, I, I don't know if you guys know that guy. Uh, there is a guy called Lotarek in Poland. Uh, he I've heard creates, of him. Yeah, okay. yeah Lotarek. He, mm -hmm. uh, I think his recent project is like the Med Medusa scan converter. So it's like an OSSC like, of, uh, like product. Mm. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, Polish as well. And uh, he lives like 30 minutes uh, drive fr oh. from me. So I contacted him and he has like a full facility and all the machines to manufacture the, assemble the PCBs. So basically, oh. I will work with him on uh, yeah creating my projects. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. And yeah. I'm all for European sellers of things because usually everyone's yeah. either China or America. So I'm all about it. Yes, and I am really excited about that cooperation because uh, you know I could go to like any company that uh, assembles electronic uh, products, but I know that he is like uh, because he is creating like some upgrades to retro computers, computers and those. And I know that he knows exactly what I want to do, and he feels like the same. He had the same fe uh, feelings about some of the consoles and stuff like me. So I know that uh, we'll get along nicely. I, actually, the first time I, I uh, went to him to talk about the business, I think we spent like four hours talking about consoles and computers. So he's <laughs> a great guy, and I, I I think that I couldn't like choose a better person to to do it with. Yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna say. I was like, you really got lucky. It's you're thirty minutes away from somebody yes, who's not yes, just yes. a manufacturer who right. actually is passionate about this business. Because I've had conversations with other people have have had terrible experiences. At least you know, even legitimate manufacturers they worked with for years. In the last two years, have had just nightmare <laughs> experiences working with them. And then at the same time, sometimes you'll have like five different products tooled in one facility and you could have your product being tooled next to one of your competitors products and then like <laughs> there's a lot of that uh people stealing <laughs> design mm. information just in the manufacturing facilities based on yes. the things that are maybe left in the machine uh from the last job that they were doing for a couple hours or something so it's very important that you find out, yeah, vet almost the manufacturer. That sounds like you got a great uh, relationship going there. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I actually think that uh, this this is exactly what is happening with uh, people um, assembling their products in China. Mm. I think I may be wrong on on, on that thing, uh, but I think that GC Loader, that OD for GameCube, was actually manufactured in China, and they basically stole the design files from the from the factory because. Uh, if you look at the PCB of that clone, it's like one to one. It's like, uh, un, un, you know, you can't like tell the difference. It's like the same thing. So, I, I strongly believe that they stole the uh, Gerber files and created the PCB, and yeah, you know the story. That's great. Does that mean as well if um, 
is uh, Lothar, is he also making these prototypes for you? Like the one you uh, no, no, uh, all the prototypes I am soldering by hand uh, because that wouldn't make sense to basically uh, run the full machinery to, to do them. Uh, but uh, if you are talking about like the full production run, or, like making hundreds of them, mm. uh, of course, you need some machines and, and to do that. And he has like everything. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel really good uh, knowing that I can work with uh, a fellow Paul and uh, keep my money basically. So not like a person somewhere yeah. in the world, you know. It's really good, and I'm I'm yeah, I'll be buying reasons, them right? from you. I'll be buying them because I'll have a decent po- shipping rate from Poland, from <laughs> Poland to Estonia. So whatever you sell, mate, I'll be I'll Dude, be. Good next sure. year, I will basically go to Estonia and bring it with me. So <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. We're yeah. gonna do a live podcast in Estonia. We're gonna test it live here on camera. Oh, that's gonna be tip top. That's that's great. All right, so there's the M2 loader, and the last big thing uh, we talked about your yeah your Wii Mini thing, which is very cool, and that gives me the inspiration to go buy a Wii Mini. If you're selling that thing, um, a Wii Mini is just I guess as a quick side note on that one, they're still really expensive in Estonia. Like people are dreaming, they want like a hundred, hundred twenty euros for one of those oh, red ones here. Interesting. I mean, I can get them uh, cheaper here in Poland. I think I uh, paid like uh, fifty euro, and it was like. Complete in box and everything. So. Okay, then guess what? Guess what you're also <laughs> bringing to Estonia with you. <laughs> ah, okay. I have like five of them, so I can like give you one. No problem. Oh, this is good. We'll, we'll, don't worry. We'll work on a deal. It's all right. So, <laughs> okay. Nice. So, this yeah, you, well. can get, you can get them okay. um, for 46 US dollars for just the console. All right. Um, okay. And those are, I've, oh, goodness gracious. I can't, I don't think I remember this Wii. You know, remember this that? is a it's red like a, one, the, and it's a black, black top that just what flips up or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah because nobody likes it basically. Because it's like, <laughs> I was yeah, like, I don't it's even think... Yeah, yeah. I, I bet I could go find that in a Goodwill because they wouldn't even know what it is if it ever showed up <laughs> mm. there, like a thrift store. All right, I know time's getting on, but tell us about uh, a lot of people are going to be interested. The Wavebird receiver. Tell us about yeah. your Wavebird receiver. You got one right Yeah, there. so, uh, I mean, if people don't know what is Wavebird, it's like uh, the wireless controller for the GameCube. Love it, love it. Yeah, and uh, I will... Uh, okay, why I created the receiver? Because there is like a huge problem if you lost uh, this receiver. I mean, okay, because this is my prototype. If you lost the original one, there is a problem because you can't buy the separate receivers. They are really, really expensive. I think the receiver only is like close to $50. So it's really expensive. For what it's fifty dollars, yeah, just yeah, checked. and uh, yes, and by far uh, no one really created like the aftermarket replacement for that, and uh, yeah, and I think I started working on on this like two years ago, and what uh, b- what sparked me to do it is like one person uh, do uh, did like a full reverse engineering of the radio protocol it, it is using because it's using like some pro- proprietary. Uh, radio communication is not like Bluetooth or anything. Uh, so this is why we probably didn't, uh, we haven't seen like an uh, aftermarket replacements. But the cool thing is that one person like spent a lot of time figuring it out and it's everything is like fully described, documented on GitHub. So like everybody is allowed to basically make a product. But I have my theory why this is like, why we haven't seen, uh, seen the, the receivers yet. Because 
as I said, I, sp uh, I started working on it two years ago and I think I spent like half a year looking for a hardware that will basically do the job because the pro proprietary protocol Nintendo used on Wavebeards is like really difficult to do. Mm. I mean, it's uh, not really possible with some like of the more common uh, radio transceivers like ESP32 and like some others. So yeah, it took me like half a year to find like one specific um, microcontroller with a radio that will be basically like could do the job. And I found it and I made a prototype and then me being me, I started working on five different uh, projects and this is why I haven't finished it yet. But yeah, I have the prototype here. This is what yeah. I show on, uh, shown on my, uh, mm. on my uh, Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's working. Uh, it's not working like great, but uh, mm. I know what I have to fix in in in, in this. And uh, yeah, and I because right now I want to finish M.2 Loader because it's like already done. I want to complete the project, sell it, and like close close it, and then I will fully focus on finishing the the receiver. Yeah. Okay, because I, 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 that's the next thing that's just gonna set yeah, I, the community I, I, on fire. Yes, yes, yes. I, I am fully aware of that. I mean, with Pickaboo, I was like not expecting like it being that successful. And uh, I mean, right now I am on the podcast with you, so that means something, right? <laughs> you heard well, about thanks. it, and yeah, I mean, with Pickaboo, uh, like Hackaday or Tom's Hardware websites, they wrote articles about oh, yeah. that. So that yeah. it was like my mind was blown <laughs> <laughs> because obviously, I for for example, Hackaday is like like the biggest website that uh, that covers like elect electronic pro uh, projects. So. I've been uh, reading it for like I don't know 15 years, and right now I am. They are uh, writing about me. It's like the best feeling ever. It's great, man. So, yeah. So Pico Boot, I know that it's really successful, and I know that I am at least prepared uh, for what is coming with uh, Wave with Receiver because, as you said, it it will be probably a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So the Wavebird Receiver is. It's designed. Is it designed on its its own? Does it work on its own, or do, does it need any of the other? Um, I doubt it would. But I'm just saying, does it need anything else? Like, do you have to have the Pico Boot installed to use it? No, no. It fully emu emulates the original receiver. So it, okay. it's just plug and play. Uh, you have to like set the channel because on the on the controller you have like thumb wheel to set the channel. You have to set uh, the same channel on the receiver, and it will pick up the signal and work. Do you have the okay. same little thumb wheel or how do you do the channel? I am still not decided because uh, having the thumb wheel is really like expensive. Mm. Uh, the part uh, like the, the switch is really expensive and also it uh, it's more uh, difficult to manufacture because um, of course I'm not going to like go, um, I'm not how successful it will be. I can't like do injection molded uh, case for it. it. It's like, I don't know, uh, 15 grand to I, at least I think so it's like way too much I, I can't like pay for that so I, I will be doing 3d printed cases for that and uh, with the thumb wheel I think it will be like too complex uh, the design would be too complex so so what I was thinking I will probably like put some buttons or like something I mean I was also thinking to put, to put small uh, OLED uh, screen on that but it will make the thing more ex more expensive so probably not the best idea but I had some cool ideas for that as well. Yeah. Well, the the receive. I mean, right now you can go get controllers for half the price of the receivers. The funny yes, thing. Yes. It's, so you get twenty five dollar controllers or fifty dollar receivers. So it's definitely something that's needed, and it's not as if there's that even many of them. 
we've got to do the Steve Nutter influencer effect here and buy oh. the controllers now. Oh, this yeah, is yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm going to just Kiri- go buy all the... I'm going to make offers of $20 for all these WaveBird... <laughs> these naked yeah. WaveBird controllers. Here in Poland, if I think if uh, like uh, a wave bill shows up on uh, online, I, I I just buy it. So <laughs> yeah, I have I I am not bragging or anything, but I have like twelve of them already. So nice. I have a lot of wave bills. I think yeah. I've only got I think I've got two or three, maybe two and a maybe two full ones, and maybe I think I actually might have an extra receiver. I'm I'm the weird one there god i should flip that fuck this why am i sitting on uh, a, an you should receiver? before <laughs> right right that's the opposite that of crashes. the influencer effect the price is about to crash on those bad boys bad maybe boy. not six months but yeah okay i see how we go well cool yeah that's great so um right now the 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 prototype right now is just that it's not you haven't put a case around it or anything like that i mean i started designing the case obviously we, we look look like the original one. Oh, that's uh, that's your case is it yeah yeah it's 3d printed right ah, yeah. cool looks good yeah so i was uh, like playing with that a little bit uh but for of course for the development i am like not using the case at all uh, because i need to program that and so on yeah, but I'm looking forward to finishing this project. I think it's really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy doing it. And I have like some really cool ideas. I can maybe talk about some, some things here as well. Mm, because uh, yeah, the chip I am using is actually capable of uh, doing Bluetooth as well. So Ooh. maybe we can, you know, probably that project Blue Retro that uh, lets you use Bluetooth controller on various consoles. So mm-hmm. maybe I can, for example, uh, implement Bluetooth capabilities so you can uh, uh, you can you obviously would be able to use WaveBeer, but maybe you can also use like DualShock controller or, or something. I don't know, but that's, that's just one of the ideas I had. So, yep, absolutely. <laughs> better bring out the stick. Because uh, I yeah. saw right now, I, I just something briefly flashed through my feed the other day that someone's designing a new GameCube faceplate or that PCB yeah. that's got blue retro <laughs> built into it. Uh, I saw that too. That looks a similar idea. It's cool. Yes, there are, I think, two projects because uh, Greg from LaserBear, uh, he is creating, like, I think the faceplate with a Blue Retro module on it. So it will be like a Bluetooth controller uh, thing. And there is also another person doing uh, the faceplate, but it will have uh, PicoBoot integrated into it. So that's also really cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, this is great, man. So, yeah, anything else you're, you're working on or anything else you want to tell us about? You, you seem to be doing so. Yeah, you do too many things. Focus, focus, focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of ideas, uh, even for GameCube and some from for some other consoles. Uh, for GameCube, uh, something that was never done before, I, we can uh, create, like, the RAM expansion module for it. So if you remember Nintendo 64, it has, it has like, the, the, this expansion pack. And the same principle can work in GameCube because the high-speed port that is used for the Game Boy player can also like be used to interface with uh, RAM module. So, yeah, so this is what I want to do, but um, it's not like really useful useful for uh, if you want to play games, but it will be useful for, like, for example, for some homebrew applications like emulators and so on. So, yeah, I will probably do that uh, someday, uh, but. We shouldn't only speak about my projects because there there are like many different projects from other people also coming to GameCube, and I'm really looking forward to that as well. Cool. Great. So let's just um, 
where are you like if anybody hears this where what's the best place for them to go and uh is it your github page or is it they you just want them to where would you like to us to you know well, what do you want to plug here <laughs> i mean uh, i think the like the only social platform i'm using for communication right now is twitter so if you want to follow the progress on some stuff i am doing then you should follow me at webhdx twitter uh, yeah, GitHub, of course, uh, but uh, my GitHub is really boring because there is like the work stuff I do like uh, professionally and Picoboot repository. So maybe if you want to some get like updates on Picoboot, then you should see, uh, go check the repository for that. Yeah, and I think Twitter. And uh, I am sure that you will hear about me about me in some videos because I like working with uh, content creators. So yeah, this yeah. is how I'll be announcing my my projects. Tremendous. Well, all right. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for your contributions to the, the GameCube community. We're all loving our cubes again, thanks to you. So good on you, mate. Thanks. Yeah, glad to hear that because that was one of my ideas, like to spark some new life into the scene. So, yeah. Cool. I mean, I'd be really excited to think a couple of years from now, if there is just out of this comes some kind of homebrew scene where we do get interesting homebrew uh, you know, indie games or something, who knows really, or other software that, um, just allows the machine to do more. It's really, it is exciting. Yeah. I want to see that as well, because like homebrew community, community for GameCube is really small and I would like it to be bigger. That is. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, thank you much. Thank you very much for your time this evening. I appreciate yes, you Macha. coming on thank after you. your, your day at work. So all good. All right, Steve. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks for, hey. for joining us. And uh, yeah, get your Pico boots on. All right. So everybody, yeah. thank you very much for joining in. Follow WebHDX on Twitter. We're going to have all the links. You all know about Pico boot. Thank you very much for behind the scenes. We'll see you next time. Thank you.